0: Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime today, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing?
1: A little disappointed. How about you, Jared?
0: You know, I got I got a bone to pick. I do. I I mean, maybe a bone to pick. I don't know. I I feel like this episode is going to be a lot of complaining, unfortunately. And winning cures a lot. I think that's the best way to put it. Like, if the Angels were winning games. It, I would not, we would not be complaining this much about a game, correct?
1: Winning solves a lot of problems.
0: Yes. Winning cures a lot of issues. It it really does. And I had questions to ask you beforehand, hoping, thinking that, like, I had, I put like three or four questions to ask you beforehand, and those all just kind of moved down the chart as the Angels (laughs) kind of, you know, in a sense, blew last night's game. Not really. I I don't know. I don't even know where to put this game. It, It was just... Kind of a debacle on all accounts, I feel like, and you know we'll get to the recap here in a second. But first, before we really, really get going here, I just want to say thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Listening to talking halos means so much to us. It really, really does all the support you guys have given us, and if you guys. Have not done so already. Subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a review. Tell us how you like the podcast, whether you like it or not. Give us some suggestions about the podcast. I'd love to hear them. I'd love to, I love to give, uh, love for you guys to give us some feedback. I, I love hearing it. Make our podcast a little bit better. It's just been a lot of fun. You guys can follow us on all of our social media accounts. If you can, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just look up Talking Halo. You'll find us. It's super simple. Uh, You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. And you can follow Nate Green on Twitter at NateGreen34. And as always, before we get going, give us one minute to pay the bills. Some mornings you wake up feeling ready to just pull the covers back over your head and go back to sleep. No judgment, of course. But let's make having the most comfortable sheets the reason why. Don't love your sheets? Brick Linen has you covered. They work directly with the manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without those luxury level markups. And Brookline is much more than just sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear, and so much more. So go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code BUDS, B-U-D-S. To get 25% off when you spend $100 or more, plus you get free shipping. Check out the description box for more. But that's B R O O K L I N E N dot com and enter promo code B U D S all in capitals to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more. Plus you get free shipping. All right, enough with all these introductions and ads. Let's get this show rolling and talk some Angels baseball and man. It was a rough one last night. If you if you didn't watch it, it's probably a good thing you didn't watch it. It it was just one of those games where I, I don't even know really where to put it. The Angels had a nice two nothing lead going into I believe the it was the seventh inning. The Angels had two nothing lead. Andrew Heaney was pitching a fantastic game. Nate, I know we'll get to that in a second. Your whole Heaney issue that we have going on. Trust me, I know we'll get there. Heaney was pitching a fantastic game. Madden takes him out. Six and a third innings. Brings in the skyscraper with the bowling ball sinker, as Darren Sutton put it. Uh, Aaron Sleggers had originally been pretty good, minus these last two appearances that he's been in. Gives up a tying home run to Yuli Gurriel. We'll talk about that little thing as well, because I, we I, I want to get our input on that situation as well. We go 2-2. The Angels go into the 10th. They score two on some clutch hitting. Fletcher t- uh, Fletcher breaks the tie with a single. And I believe it was Albert Pujol singled up the middle, which gave the Angels a 4-2 lead. Bryce El Iglesias comes in to shut the door. We, everybody was thinking, man, this game's over. There's no nothing you can do about it. Marcelo Glacius has been really good this year. All of a sudden, runner on second to start the inning off. Again, something we'll get to in a second, the extra inning rules, because I hate it. And double down the line. Foul, or actually single to start it off that actually hit third base, kind of a bunting single, a swing bunt in a, in a sense, that basically hit third base and a... Luke double down the line, I don't even know. I don't even think if the MLB knows if it's fair or foul at the moment because of the replays and something else also a topic we'll get onto in the future after this little recap that we're doing. And before you know it, the Astros walk it off on a single, I forgot who it was by, six, uh, Astros win the game 5-4. to four. I know a horrible recap by myself. But a couple things to take away from it. No Trout, no Rendon. Mike Trout was supposed to start. They took him out. Of the lineup before the game started, I think he was available to pinch it, and I would assume if it got into the 11th, we might have seen him. And you know, I, it's it, it's tough without Trout, isn't it, Nate? It's tough. Yeah. No, it's tough watching Angels games without Trout in it.
1: Yeah, it, it is definitely.
0: And no Rendon as well, even though Rendon is right around the corner from coming back, and the offense is still not all that. I don't know where to put the offense without Trout and Rendon. It's not good, you know. But you still have Walsh and Upton's been hit or miss, and David Fletcher is pretty clutch, and Iglesias has been Jose Iglesias has been pretty clutch. But man, the lineup is for sure missing Trout and Rendon at the moment, and hopefully they are back soon. And and Stassi, by the way, too. Can't forget about Stassi. I think he's more crucial behind the plate. Gets a lot more strikes called for the. For the Angels, actually about 7% more strikes, which I think is huge for a lot of a lot of pitchers. And, as Nate always mentions, is big for Shohei Otani when he starts. And this leads me to my first question. We saw the, the game go into extra innings. Nate, how do we feel about the extra innings rule? I still
1: hate it. it it's like we're playing travel ball with 12-year-olds. It's like, come on, this is professional baseball, not travel ball.
0: I'm with you on that. I really am. I, I don't like the rule. I hope at some point... It goes back to normal, and I think this just goes back to us complaining about Rob Manfred. If you listen to our last podcast, we did a lot of that. We really did about the Atlantic League yesterday, or two days ago's podcast. Go listen to that one on Simplecast. That was the only place that it came out, all 26 minutes, unfortunately. So if you're looking to, for some reason, listen to the whole podcast because you only listened to 11 minutes of our podcast yesterday, that's where it's at. You got to go onto our Simplecast site, but. Yeah, I, I hate this rule. I really do. It is ridiculous. It is not for Major League Baseball. And it, in a sense, I, I feel like, does it ruin the game? It does.
1: I mean, it, it feels like once you get into extra innings, the home team has such an advantage. They, they can really, really tell you how the, the inning's going to go if they intentionally walk the first guy. If they hold them, then no runs, then they can find It just... It just gives them such an advantage where the team who scores first typically in extra innings has the big advantage, and that could be any team.
0: And that was the Angels. That, that yeah. was. The Angels are up 4-2 to two going into that inning. And yeah. unfortunately, the closer, Nate, and I'm saying the closer, couldn't close it out. How do you feel about the closer not closing it out?
1: I, I feel like we didn't help him out. Rojas had a tough play there. Straw beat it out, I mean straw's got wheels. I mean that's kind of why he plays because
0: he' he's lightning he, quick,
1: yeah, he is and I think that's the only reason he's in the lineup is because he can do things like that and he's very good defensively, but I mean you get out there the fair ball thing, whatever that was. We'll get to uh, that in
0: a second. We'll get to that in a second.
1: I mean if that's foul. Iglesias gets his job done and the Angels win the game. So I, I still don't think it was really his fault. He he just really didn't get any help, and it just kind of feels like when you're struggling as a team, which the Angels are struggling right now, those calls do not go your way, and you're always looking back on man, if only this, if only that, because yeah, when when you're struggling, it, these things always go the other way.
0: Yeah, and when it rains, it pours. Exactly as you just said there, and right now it is pouring for the Angels. I know it's only been three games in a row, but they somebody brought it up to me as well. The Angels have lost six of their last eight. I was going to say two of their last eight, but they're they're two and six in their last eight. So it makes sense altogether. But yeah, you know, it, when it rains, it pours. And right now it is absolutely freaking pouring on the Angels. And that'll bring me up to our next topic. Andrew Heaney was taken out of this game, 101 pitches, six and a third innings. He gave up two hits, didn't walk anybody which was nice. I think he had eight or nine strikeouts, which was fantastic. He had ten strikeouts. I take that back. Ten strikeouts. And Andrew Heaney looked fantastic, Nate. I know you didn't get to watch too much of Andrew Heaney, but the question is, would you have taken him out there?
1: I probably wouldn't have started him in that inning. I know that sounds weird. Uh, I know he threw the ball really well, but you're going through the heart of the lineup with – it was Bregman, Jordan, and Guriel, which is right, left, right. So you're hoping that he gets through Jordan, who – is when he's right, he's a very good left-handed power hitter, and he can hit lefties or righties, so I don't really think that made a big difference. I probably wouldn't have started him in the inning to to begin with.
0: So you're going new school baseball here, huh?
1: Not necessarily new school, just like knowing Andrew Heaney and kind of knowing the way he pitches, and I'm really going matchups because lefty on the mound facing... What was that? Three, four, five, right, left, right. I, I think it's a matchup game at that point, especially going into the seventh inning.
0: For me, being that he went out for the sixth, I, I leave him in there. I really do. And in a sense, I'm going with a little bit of old school baseball here. I know, I know, Yuli Gurriel was hits lefties really well. In fact, he has a 233 WRC plus against left handed pitching this season, and he has a 133. WRC plus against right handed pitching, so in a sense it was just kind of a lose lose situation for anybody who comes in there. But Heaney had taken him pretty well for the first two at bats of the night. I know you're at 101 pitches, but when you're rolling, you're rolling, and you live by your starter, you kind of die by your starter there. And I thought Heaney was pitching a good enough game where he deserved to try to work himself into the seventh inning. And I mean, if he gives up the home run there, I think we might be having a different conversation. If you know you're taking him out or not. Actually, you know what? I'm not even thinking about taking him out. I'm not even gonna ask. I wouldn't even have asked the question if you take Heaney out against Guriel there. To be honest, I I would have been okay with it. I would have I would have been like, well, you know, Heaney was pitching really well. He left a mistake over the middle to Guriel there. And he hit it a long ways. And now you go onto the bullpen and hope that they, they close it out instead of all of a sudden now you put you put pressure on your bullpen and, you know, I, I just, I wouldn't have taken him out there. That's just me. I know that the matchups say otherwise and I probably would have been thinking about the matchups really hard, but I probably would have played a little bit old school baseball and tried to work him into 110 pitches or so and just kind of let it go. And I know that's totally different than what I normally would think and would normally say. But, I mean, I, I'm trusting my guy there. I'm trusting that my guy who's been out there for 100 pitches can go out there and continue to shove. And, you know, I don't care what anybody has to say. I mean, the post game comments now are exactly what we've been – what we asked. Why, why would you take him out there? You know, he's pitching a great game. And let me flip the question here for you, Nate. If it's a seven-inning game, and Heaney comes out for this that seventh inning. Are you taking him out in that situation?
1: See, that's a little bit different question because I hate, absolutely hate, when the closer comes in with runners on base. I, I think that's a huge mistake. Um, I think a closer is supposed to start an inning fresh, and that's another reason I hate the extra inning rule because it's dumb. But we we've had this we've had this uh, thing where y- you don't really want to bring the closer in like runner on first, like, let a guy go out there because he's been rolling, give up a hit, and then take him out and go to the closer. Like, I I would rather just start the inning with the closer.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. I, I, I don't know. That's tough for me.
1: Especially with his right, left, right. Like, if it was left, left, right, or, you know, left, right, left, or where there's two lefties in there or three lefties in there, fine, let Heaney run out there because he's supposed to get lefties out. But... When you have Alex Bregman, who's hitting 375 against lefties this year, you have Jordan Alvarez, who can hit lefty or righty. It really doesn't matter. And your league, Gurriel, is is absolutely raking lefties this year. Um, it, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. But, you know, Joe does Joe.
0: Elaborate on that, Nate. You seem, <laughs> you seem upset. Go on. No,
1: no, I, I'm not upset. I mean, just Joe Madden just just does whatever... He kind of wants with the bullpen I, I I think it it feels like he's it feels like he's got names written in a hat and he's just pulling things down and goes, yeah, you know what I guess we'll do this
0: i I have no comment on that. I think we need to move on to our next topic before i I kind of get a little flustered and frustrated <laughs> about the situation i'm gonna I'm gonna plead no comment on it and I guess actually funny that brings me up to my next comment that I wrote What's up with the bullpen? I mean, you, we we can take this conversation in many different ways. If we want to go on to a Madden conversation, we can. Or if we want to talk about what uh, what's up with Iglesias, what's up with Sleggers, we can we can do that as well.
1: I think the biggest thing is just overuse right now. We've played a lot of games. I know we did get the, the couple off days because of COVID, which probably was nice for these guys, but they have been used a lot this year. And they have been used a lot in, like – Short amount of time. I mean, Myers has pitched, what, three times in the last four days, it feels like. And he's thrown a lot of pitches in those outings. I think Junior Garrett pitched. Did he throw last night?
0: I don't think so.
1: Did Garrett throw last night? I don't think so. I think he threw last night. And that would be another. Yeah, Garrett did throw. He threw two and a third. Oh, there um, you go. He threw 33 pitches. And then you look at. He threw, he threw Wednesday as well, gave up two runs in Wednesday's game. It's like, wh- why? Like, you, you're just blowing these guys out, asking them to throw 25, 30 pitches and then bring them back for 25, 30 more. It's like, it, it, it's it's a lot on these guys. And coming off a season where they didn't throw that many innings, you know, we played 60 games, some of these guys, maybe got 20 innings in and it feels like some of them are already at 20 innings already and and we're what 20 games into it 16 games into it excuse me and it feels like some of these guys have already thrown 20 innings I know they haven't but it feels like that it feels like junior Guerra has thrown a lot of innings
0: is there is there a way to resolve this I'm trying to think I really am trying to think like do you not use them as much? Do you hope that your starters go deeper? Like this, this now brings us into what we were just talking about with Heaney. Like I let him go, you know, you need help in the bullpen. You need, you need to trust the bullpen a little bit and let the bullpen work. I mean, let, let Heaney go then. Like if we don't want to overuse our bolt, overuse the bullpen, go ahead and let Heaney go there. You know, let him get up to 110 pitches because the bullpen, you're right. hundred percent. I'm with you on that. Let Let's, Stop overusing the bullpen. I think Chris Rodriguez has been used in a great situation. And I think that, that uh, Watson has been used in good situations. And I think Claudio has been used in good situations. But I feel like everybody else, it's been like overuse, overuse, overuse. I mean, Mike, Mike Myers is just I, – I, I don't think it's, this is going to work all season. I, I think that it's we're going to get to the All Star break and, and this team this bullpen is really going to fall apart and the Angels don't have the depth to to come back from this. I don't I don't think.
1: No, and um, it, it's almost like you you got to put a guy or two in the phantom DL and I, I know that sounds bad, but like you have Felix Pena who's ready um, or close to being ready and getting him up for a little bit, uh, maybe getting Jaime Berea who did not pitch well in his one time up this year, but you never know. Just You've got you got to give some guys some time. I mean, I just looked up. Junior Garrett's on 10 and a third innings already in 16 games. That's that's a lot of
0: innings. On pace for 120-plus innings out of the bullpen or so?
1: Yeah, it's, Close it's too.
0: ridiculous. That is. That's pushing it, and that's, that's not – I know Junior Guerra was a starter at one point, and he's thrown 160 innings in a season, if I'm not mistaken, if not 140 innings in a season. But you just can't do that. You you can't use the bullpen like this, you know? I know that...
1: 11 innings pitched already? Yeah. Uh, They've just, like, this bullpen has been taxed, and you're, you're asking these guys to get a lot of high leverage outs. Um, and they're doing it on back-to-back days, which is the biggest issue for me. I mean, you're seeing Gareth throw two, three days in a row. You're seeing Myers throw 25, 30 pitches and then being asked to come back the next day and pitch in a high-leverage situation. It's like, why? We, we can't do that. You, you have C.C. Shek. You have Tony Watson. You have these guys who can get lefty-righty out. And that was the point of uh, making this bullpen deeper is to be able to use guys in different situations instead of, like, hey, you're the eighth inning guy. Well, you know, you've thrown two days in a row, we've got to go to another eighth inning guy today. Like, you, you can't be continuing to do this.
0: 100%. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that the bullpen issues definitely need to be ironed out a little bit. I think that roles need to be assigned a little bit better. But I also think that you need to trust the starters to go a little bit longer. This is a perfect example what happened last night with Andrew Heaney? I, I just think that you gotta let him try to go there. I think you need to try to push your starters into the 100, 110, dare I say, hundred and twenty pitch mark. I, I really think you do, and I think you gotta push. I think I think you gotta push Dylan Bundy more than Dylan Bundy like that. I think Andrew Heaney needs to get pushed like that. I think I don't know if Griffin Canning has the stuff to do it. I I think at one at some point this season we'll see Shohei Otani do it. But I think Alex Cobb can definitely do it as well. But I, I just think you got to start trusting the starters a little bit more. I think that you need to take a little bit of pressure off the off the bullpen as well. Or you need to, like you said, phantom DL some guys. I think you're going to have to see Pena here pretty soon. I think you're going to have to see Berea again here pretty soon. I I just...
1: Maybe even a Sandoval. Like, yeah. It's not good when you're... I, I'm looking at the innings pitch leaders for the Angels right now. And one through four are the starters, which you would expect. And honestly, it, it really should be one through three are starters because Canning had two and a third out of the bullpen, I believe, which would put him eight on the team in, or, uh, seventh on the team in innings. But you're looking at Myers, Guerra, Rodriguez as five, six, and seven in innings pitch for the Angels. And that's not a good recipe when you have relievers higher than starters.
0: Definitely. I hundred percent agree with you there. And I, I, I it's just something that I think we're gonna have to monitor as as the weeks go on and as we're doing this podcast here. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how Madden Madden works everything. So I'm done with complaining about that, that conversation, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. And I'm ready to complain about another conversation. Nate. Nate, was it fair or foul?
1: I, I thought it looked foul to me.
0: Looks foul to me as well. Why are there cam do we think there's cameras set up? Down the lines, why why are there not cameras on top of the foul pole?
1: <laughs> you know that that just set up so many jokes. Are there cameras in the outfield? I mean, we know there's a camera in center field. That's how they cheated, freaking three years ago. <laughs> uh, but no, no, they they've gotta have better angles and, and stuff. It, it's hilarious. One of my one of my Cub friends, he just tweeted out, "It's like the uh, the challenge system is a joke." I, they're, they're wrong, like, 60% of the time with challenges. Every every announcer lo- looks at a challenge going, this has got it, 100% he's out, and they come back and call him safe, and they're like, what? What What are you seeing? Like, it, it, It's really bad. Um, I, I don't even know if the challenge thing works. It takes a long time. Um, and you just, you're missing a lot of baseball. I mean, I love seeing Lou Pinella get tossed. You, you don't really see that anymore, and if you're going to have this challenge system, you better have enough cameras to to see everything because it's getting laughable.
0: I agree. I agree. And before I say that the the MLB kind of needs to turn into the NFL i I would have gotten tossed tonight, Nate for you. I would have gotten tossed. I thought it was a foul ball. I really would have. I would have especially with the way that the angels have been playing the past couple of uh, past couple of series, I would have gotten tossed, and I would have hoped that my team would have responded to it. I I really would have because I thought it was a foul ball. And the fact that we can get on to why I think that the MLB needs to turn into the NFL, the fact that there's no good camera angles for us to look at is ridiculous. It really is. Like, I know the the MLB is making – there's actually no excuses for it. I was going to try to make an excuse for it. There are no excuses. The MLB is making way too much money not to have 800 different camera angles I mean, maybe not that many, but 10 to 15 different camera angles? Like, there should be cameras, and I know we just made the joke about the Astros cheating, but there should be cameras everywhere. There really should be. At least pointed at the field, you know? Like, there should be instant replay cameras on every at every field, pointed down every single line, pointed at every single base, and pointed... I, I, I mean, I don't even know, you know? Like, the, I think that the cameramen do a good job of getting safe and out. And I, at first base, you know, and I think that they do a fantastic job of that. And I think they do a good job of seeing whether players caught the ball or double plays and such like that. I think that they do a great job, but at some point you need to, if if you're going to move baseball into the future, you need more cameras. As bad as that sounds, I know we're, the Angels are playing in Houston, and there's a camera issue that happened there, but for the sake of reviews, if you're going to want to do reviews, you need more cameras, and the umpires need to be mic'd up. I, we need to know what happens. We need to know what the conversation is that goes that's on. That's
1: my biggest pet peeve. There's a call, they just give a signal, and that's it. Like, can you explain it? Exactly. Can, can you explain what you're seeing? Can you explain why that happened? Yeah. I mean... I, and I know this is an Angels podcast, but, but I have to bring this up, and I doubt you saw this, but yesterday the Cubs played the Mets, and Chris Bryant got caught stealing at second base. I, I honestly have no idea how on earth they could see that play and say he was out. And, and the umpires reviewed it, called him out, and just no explanation we need to know why you called out. We can't have our announcers guessing. Oh, I think maybe he saw this. I think maybe they saw that. No, no, no. They're getting paid to do a job. Let them tell everyone what's going on. We especially when you're at the game. It's hilarious when you're at a game and there's a and there's a challenge and they just call him safer out and you're like, "Well, why are you like the, the umpires don't say anything."
0: It's it's simple. Turn the mic on. After review of the play, the ruling on the field stands. The ball was fair. It hit the line. There is no conclusive evidence. Blah, blah, blah. It's not difficult. It really is not that difficult. And it, it needs to happen. It really needs to happen. And if it start has to start in the Atlantic League, go ahead and do it. Or if it has to start in the minors, go ahead and do it. Except for I don't think there's any reviews in the minor leagues could be wrong. I don't think there's video review in the minor leagues. I just think people get tossed, which is kind of fun. So I I am just They think the
1: players for the YouTube game, the mic players for uh, for spring training, shouldn't be that hard to mic up an umpire.
0: No, and I, I don't know what the issue is with that. I don't know if it's the if it's the players association or I think it's actually would technically I would
1: show it's the Umpires Association.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I, I would think it would be the Umpires Association that has an issue with it, but I mean, if the NFL can do it, you know, why can't why can't the MLB do it? You know, like... The
1: umpire association does not want their umpires held responsible for calls. They would rather them say, like, oh, um, I guess there was inconclusive evidence and let us speculate than an umpire get out there and say, this is what we saw and have us sit here and talk about how bad that umpire is.
0: Yeah, I'm... I, um It's brutal. It just is brutal. It really is. And I don't know, you know, what's more brutal, like, the game tonight or the umpiring? Because there were a few calls that were missed, and I just, it's tough. It really is. I I can't tell you, I I can't tell you how many times that we look at a call and it's not the right call. And we're still, we have the technology to know whether the call is right or wrong. And then, also, we talk about speeding up a game, and we're sitting here, for two, three minutes on end, watching the replay go over and over again on TV, or watching it at the stadium go over and over again on the jumbotron, and being like, "Wow, that's really close," or "Wow, you know, that's not close. What's taking so long?" And three minutes later, the call's not right. I just don't, I don't understand it. And the game's not being made any quicker. It's a five-minute delay to review stuff, and I. I don't know. I don't know where to go from this. I, I really don't. And, again, I don't know if we would have had this issue if the Angels would have won. I don't know if we'd be complaining about this. But, again, like like I said, I mean, to to bring this whole podcast now full circle, winning cures a lot. And right now the Angels just aren't doing it. And the Angels need Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon back. And I guess we can start previewing tomorrow's series. The Angels are 9-9. Nine and nine. The Astros are now 9-8. and eight. They'll send Jayco to Rizzi to the mound could have been an angel at some point is not an angel has a 10.57 ERA Griffin Canning goes for the Angels he has a, he is one and one with a 5.68 ERA we mentioned he came out of the bullpen i believe twice already this year Nate who do we got in this matchup
1: he's he's only he's only one as a starter but um I, I i do like the angels in this matchup i think Guys who sign really late in spring training, especially pitchers, really struggle early, um, early in their starts to the season because they were delayed and they weren't on the right schedule and things like that. So I think the Angels have a shot to get back in the win column tomorrow or this afternoon, excuse me. Um, I, I think you'll see. I, I think you'll see Mike Trout back. Uh, I think it was just a precautionary thing today. Um, I, I think he was in the starting lineup for probably a couple hours, and then they decide, you know what, it's best to just give him an extra day. Um, so I, I, I'm hoping we see Trout back in the lineup, and if so, I like the Angels to win the game.
0: Yeah, and it'll bring up a lot of interesting roster moves, especially when Rendon comes back, and Ligaris comes back, and Stassi come back. I, I it, it'll, it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, let alone Mike Trout coming back, that's a need. That, you know, cannot be explained enough. The Angels need Mike Trout back in the lineup first and foremost, and we'll just kind of go from there. So, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. You can follow Nate on Twitter at NateGreen34. Go and complain to him. Go and do all that stuff. I don't have a prediction for tomorrow. We'll just kind of see it as the game goes on. And, Follow us on all our social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe to this podcast if you can. Leave us a review. Shout us out. Do everything you got to do. And, guys, thank you so much, and have a great rest of your day.